Global Heart Design presents the Parental Toolbox Podcast. Hi, this is the second part of an interview we've been doing. I'm Jim Guido. And I'm Dana Guido. And we're interviewing our son, Lucio Guido. Hi there. Hey. And in the first section, we talked about your reactions to the book as you read it. Now we want to talk about your role not only in the construction of the book and the design of the book and the marketing of the book and the larger project of Global Heart Group. So why don't we start with your role in terms of design and putting together the finished product of the parental toolbox. Yeah, uh, you had sent it to me um, as a page of document just to kind of read through. I was in need of some work and looking for something else to do. And so I you know, looked at it, um, was enjoying reading it and stuff like that, and figured you really had something on your hands here the more I got into it. And so I started to go through the document really without telling you um, and reformatting it. And so I think I've made probably a few months went by or something. I have a tendency to, to take my time on my work. And you guys kind of were like, well, you know, we're about to send this off to the, the agency or something. Like, do you have any thoughts? And I was like, oh, well, let me send this to you. And, and so I sent it to you. And and it, I, I kind of with a stick in the mud because I sent this to you and you were all, we both, from what I can tell, we were like, well, this was much nicer the way you've set this up. Um, and it was still, you could see, even had I had sent it, it could look so much nicer. So with a little bit of us changes. So um, it really kind of changed the perception of what we were trying to do with the book and the timeline of trying to do it, I, I think, from from my perspective. Well, yes. And, you know, the, the book itself was actually completed um, a number of years ago. Yeah. And then due to life events, uh, in our lives, we kind of put the book on, uh, on the shelf, even though it was only a manuscript. And then when we rebirthed it, there were some deadlines because we were dealing with specific agencies that wanted to have it done then. And then when you got involved, uh, obviously you had a different vision and a different picture. So why don't we just start talking about more what the vision you had of the book and how you've taken our product and made it into um, an enterprise. Yeah. The first step was just when you kept telling me that you had a parenting book. I'm not a parent. It wasn't like I was jumping up and down to go read this book. And so as I started to read it, then I was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's a parenting book, but, it, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. Um, and so I kind of approached you of like, hey, like we should change the title of the book a little bit. And you're like, that's a little too extreme. Like, you know, it is a parenting book. Can we add a little our own Please. thought yeah, on yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. I remember when you said it, both of us completely freaked. It's like, no, this is a parenting book. And you were saying, we should change the title and start all over. Because your, your words were, let's start all over. And both yeah. of us like, no way. Yeah, yeah. And so I took your advice to heart, thought about it from that level of like, well, yeah, it is a parenting book and that's good. Um, and, and then started to picture like, okay, but it's important for this to be accessible enough to anyone that's a parent um, and hopefully like enticing enough that it can start to branch out from there. Anyone that reads this book is going to see this is going to dynamically change the way that you succeed at work and succeed with friendships and anything like that, right? So in the long run, it'd be nice to market it in some way um, to more specific you know, fields like that. But there is an unaddressed market of parenting tools. And while there are a lot of parenting books out there, the amount of them that are created to work with any parent is pretty rare. Yeah. Majority of parenting books often tend to deal with the younger child. Yeah. Very few really deal in depth with the entire spectrum from birth to like age 20. And so, yeah, this book hits that market. And since you're dealing with more mature people, you're right. It's, it's just a human communications book. It also, your book came from an assumption 
that the children were going to be extremely hostile to the parents. And so it's easy for it to translate down to a less extreme scenario. It's hard for it to translate up. So most parenting techniques that you see for like adolescents even, they assume that you can tell the child to go in timeout and that's going to work and that they're going to sit in timeout and listen to you. And you guys don't start with those kind of assumptions. Um, and you start with the assumption that like we need to build a relationship between these two people because who knows if there's one there to begin. It could be an estranged parent at this point. Who even knows? It could be a counselor that's just meeting the family, right? So the, the way you approach it gives a lot of hope for the future that you could pick this book up when your child's 22 or 45 and have a great relationship with your child. So all that in mind, what were your ideas about getting the book out there and you know formatting it and getting it out there? Yeah, well, step one was to get it as a physical book rather than like a PDF or something like that. So step one was that, you know, this had to get published. And step two was that this cover needs to be extremely visceral. We need something that people are going to pick up because if you're in a bookstore and you walk through the parenting section, you know, there's a bunch of books and, and they're mostly all for kids. And things. So they're going to have to compete with the market that's really set up on, there's no differentiation between these two books. And so it's all based on marketing, right? So it's like from the very start, you needed to think of, well, how are you going to have this book catch the eye, catch the finger when you grab it, make sure that it feels rich and that it would be the one that you'd pick out of a shelf and look at. But our hope is that, or our knowledge is that if you are lucky enough to have done that, you found the only book that you'll really need of the parent. And that's pretty lucky. Yeah. We were concerned that we want to enter the process and have Kids enjoy being parented and parents enjoy parenting. And yet most parents coming to read a book such as ours are often coming from a crisis state. And yet we wanted it to be a gentle book, a reassuring book. And that's what I've noticed the way you laid it out, even the font and the book cover is all helping people feel relaxed and less in crisis. And that's what we're hearing from people when watch people when they first see it. It's an amazing thing how people they put their whole hand over it and just kind of caress it. Oh. And I had a student said to me the other day when it arrived in the mail and she took it out of the packaging as she was pulling it out. She said, I just kept touching it. And I took it over to my roommate. This is a woman probably in her late 20s, early 30s. And she took it over to her roommate for her roommate to touch it. That doesn't happen with books a lot. So somehow you really caught that. You figured out that that was what you were saying all along, that it needed to be something that drew you in. And so as the designer of that cover, you did that. Well, thank you. And not to take all the credit for it, because there's a great story with Seinfeld. You know, that show was so successful. And it was about just day-to-day -day life. So everyone came up to the writers of that show and were like, I got a great idea for you for an episode. And almost all of them fell flat. And every once in a while, one would get everyone just cracking up. And they would normally have listed off a few. And they would be like, well, where did that story come from? And inevitably, the answer was always, it actually happened to a friend of mine. All the laughs that we get from it are from real circumstances. And even though, as a watcher of Seinfeld, I assumed that this was all totally artificially created, the stories that we connect with most are the ones that are real. And so for this book, the creation of it, it came at a time, as you said, there were some family's problems that had come up. And that was that your, your, both your mom and your dad passed, um, as well as your brother-in-law. And particularly the most recent one had been your father. And you and your father had a very close relationship. And so there was a part of me that really wanted to make the book an homage to your father. And you had already given me kind of a nice like, segue with the title being Toolbox. So that made it kind of easy. And so much of it was thinking back on what one old toolbox that my grandfather had would be. And that's what I designed as a toolbox. And thinking about like, you know, the, the reason why it's a wood floor behind everything is one of my strongest memories of my grandfather. 
is anytime he would walk into a new place that you either had rented or or something like that, he would just immediately march through all the floors and get all in a tizzy about any joists that were like making noises or things like that. Um, and so it's a it's a very um, and I just remember like going with him underneath floors and looking at, you know, because I was small, so I could actually do that. And so I, I mean, there's a lot of things with carpentry that he obviously dealt. But for me individually, a, a key of them was floors. Um, and so that, that was a big thing that I wanted to do was to have that wood floor pattern there. Um because it meant so much to me and, and no one knows any of this unless now they're listening to this podcast right. but I, I think those kind of elements um are what makes it work yeah right. there's something that comes through on it yeah. yes that's right that's right yeah. so and, and then in the inside or anything else you want to talk about the design of it yeah a, a lot of focus went into how to break up the content the way you guys had had it it was just paragraph after paragraph after paragraph you did some numbering, but it would jump around between what you numbered and when and things like that. And so I, I went through and tried to, I guess, modernize it a little bit of pick out sentences to break out, pick out more things that we could set into a figure or or things like that to try to highlight them. I made a big thing of highlighting words and then going much deeper in what you would highlight it, being much more consistent in how the words were highlighted. And then even like down to the level of the font that I picked, it was very intentional. It took a lot of thought in terms of what I would find. I wanted something that felt somewhat handwritten while obviously being a text that you'd use in a book for that that care and hand craftsmanship feel. And that's an interesting note because you and I, we had a lot of go arounds around that because I was also working on another book that was being published by Rutledge yeah. and they were talking about their font. And I was saying, that's the publishing company. We need to follow them. And you kept saying, well, we are a publishing company and this is what it's going to look like. It's going to be much more friendly for people to read it. And I, you know, I couldn't see it for a while, but we used our skills. We used our tools and eventually came around. It was, it was an interesting process because that was difficult. Yeah. I would also say that me in particular, uh, Dane is somewhat that way, but me in particular are pretty frugal. And so therefore, we were looking at, you introduced white space in yeah, the book. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that there really was like white space between each line, but that was about it. But I even bumped up the white space between the lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a matter. And, and that's the thing is that it helped the book become more manageable and friendly, not intimidating to the parents. And that's the feedback we've been getting from the parents is that it's easily digestible and user-friendly. Like your mom said about people touching the cover, it's almost become a transitional object for some parents. That yeah. They, they carry it around like a softie. Yeah. It's tough for me as a designer. The book came out first. I mean, I'm very proud of the book, but it can't be stressed enough that I'm a perfectionist on this kind of thing. And the book was on a lot of deadlines that I wouldn't let in my life. If I had been involved in the process to start, we would create deadlines differently. And so, so because of that, I mean, just in all honesty, that like you will find mistakes in the book if you really look. Maybe no one else will, but I can. Um, and I, I can't wait for the day that we do a second edition for everybody. The ebook, um, it's not perfect. It's still with a little bit of a deadline that I would have liked, but it's to me a much more pure expression of all these ideals that I'm, I'm describing. So for anyone that <laughs> has not checked out the ebook, I really recommend it. And there is something for the tactile book, like, please, if you love books, stick with the book. But if you are at all partial to ebooks, the design of it is much more elegant and soft, I feel, than even the physical book. So with an ebook, you're able to do some more features than you can in a book. Is there any features you want to highlight that you did in the ebook? Well, honestly, the thing that I most want to highlight, if there are any designers listening, I really bent the rules of the ebook. And if you've ever produced an ebook or if you're into it, you might notice like that 
that shouldn't be allowed in an ebook. You shouldn't have been able to do that. So I did some really creative things with making things that appear to be text, be images, but then still make them be searchable. And so one of the things that the ebook allows, if you want to highlight words, you can jump between them and you can search for all the bold terms that we have and just find them right away. And I've managed to make some things that if you are a designer and almost no one is, then you might recognize like that. You shouldn't be able to search for that. And you still are. And so I'm really proud of the dedication that it took to make the book feel, the ebook feels very much like a tangible thing. And there was a lot that went behind the scenes to make it feel as solid as it does. It should have been a mess. <laughs> This recording is a production of Global Heart Design in partnership with Warp Records. If you'd like to learn more about this content, please visit theparentaltoolbox.com.